Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. I am so excited right now. Yes. My heart is racing. Yes. I couldn't sleep last night. I like this anticipation of uh, what's happening. <laughs> yes. Because we're finally talking about a hero of mine, Princess Leia, and feminism. And at this point, this is where like cannons and like sparks should be going off. Yes. All the sound effects. I was like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it, my brain is like the Death Star exploding. That's what's happening. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, this is the longest outline I've ever written. Um, so long. It's 21 pages. I will say, partially, I'm, I'm going to say it was my fault because I told you to have at it. This is your project. This is your baby and do it. So I, and I think you held back. I definitely held back. <laughs> I definitely was like, at some point, you're going to have to stop or you might just die here. <laughs> researching. Yeah. I think I told you, I'm like, I, I, I'm going to need you to wrap it up now. <laughs> yeah, last night I sent Samantha a text and I just I circled like how long it was and how, how many tabs I had left. And she was like, oh God. <laughs> that was literally the only response I could give was, oh God. Yeah. Oh. And I would I would go in to look at the outline while I'm working on one thing to see where we were. And I know like day three was page nine. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh sh <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna be a long one. It it definitely is, which means is it it's a two parter. Um so in this one we're gonna focus on the basics of Star Wars and Princess Leia through a new hope and Empire Strikes Back. Uh yeah, we're pretty much sticking to the original trilogy. Um, and then there'll be a cliffhanger. And you'll have to wait to figure out what we think about the metal bikini in Return of the Jedi. And Ooh. then the feminism of Leia. And my own, a personal Annie original on my thoughts of uh, around Luke Skywalker's feminism and the feminism of the Force. So. Right. Um, and before we start, just to let you know, we did actually do a viewing social distance viewing of the trilogy. The originals. The originals. Because uh, I, to many people's chagrin, have never actually watched a full Star Wars movie. And I will say, if you know anything about the How Stuff Works family slash iHeartMedia family, there are some diehards in here. I mean, <laughs> true, true diehards. Holly yeah. Fry was very, very disappointed and the fact that I had never seen one of these, she was very forgiving. Yeah. But disappointed. And I made sure that I let her know, yes, guess what? We're watching it. And I feel like she was pretty excited for us. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I have never actually seen a full Star Wars movie. I've been around it quite a while. You know, it's been out there on random TVs at bars and restaurants because it is played a lot. And of course, I've seen it while flipping past, while channel surfing, but never fully committed to watch any of these. I will say it was never part of my childhood. It was never a part of anybody in my family's childhood. I'm going to blame the orphanage that I was in for a while. We didn't watch movies. Come on. And, and again, I'm a little older, so... I would have been right outside of when it was popular, I think. Right before, right after. You know what I mean? Because it came out in the 70s. 70s Popularity 80s, hit yeah. again in the 90s. Yeah. 70s, 80s. So it's kind of all that time. Um, and I will say after months, <laughs> months yeah. of begging... Yeah, and a love, a love actual video. video. Uh -huh. Yes, by the way, y'all, she did this whole really sweet video about how much she cared about me with an ending that said... Please watch Star Wars with me. <laughs> like essentially was what went down. Um, and like, even some bartering. Like I almost got some free luggage out of this. I had to step back. I was like, that's cruel. That's mean. <laughs> but then she's like, I'll watch whatever you want to watch. I will. I haven't decided what that's going to be yet, though, by the way. Um, that we finally, finally committed to a day of marathoning in the midst of the pandemic. I mean, what else am I going to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, I decided to go ahead and write... So this is what I wrote before she started the actual outline, y'all. The 21-page outline <laughs> um, of my views of what I knew of the movie before I watched the actual movie. So I know Harrison Ford, mm -hmm. and he was involved with this, obviously, and the iconic Carrie Fisher, who was an amazing woman. And, of course, Mark Hamill, mm -hmm. your crush. Yes. I know. 
<laughs> With that, I know Luke. I am your father, Chewbacca. And the dark side, of course. I remember the weird giant slime thing that, for some reason, imprisons and grossly sexualizes Leia, and that there's a gold robot. R two D two. I know those letters. I don't know why, but I know those letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, space in the future with lots of laser guns, which apparently I found out later they don't know how to aim. They don't know how they to don't move. Work. It doesn't no. really do things. <laughs> um, and of course, laser swords uh, and. I'm not going to lie. I mixed some of the scenes up with Spaceballs because I had a roommate who loved that movie and also we would watch that together. (laughs) Um, And of course, I mean, John Candy. He should have been in Star Wars, right? That was a missed opportunity. Who doesn't love John Candy? (laughs) Um, In this, uh, you know, I did go in thinking this may make or break my relationship with Annie. Um, But I I will be here to tell you that it didn't. Except there was... There was one of those moments when the holiday special came on. And I was like, what in the hell is this and why? <laughs> I did question a lot of things. Well, that is fair. Um, one of my favorite uh, tweets from uh, fellow podcasters, Stuff You Should Know, they did a whole episode on the holiday special. And it was something like, no one can explain what happened that night in 1977. <laughs> it's infamously <laughs> awful. Um yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, we're still friends. We made it through. Um, and I do love how this kept happening when we were watching it, too. Uh, we kept saying it's in the future, but it's actually a long time ago in a yes, galaxy far, far, away. far away. Yes. Um, and you did the thing. You got the line wrong. It's true. I did. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's actually, no, I am your father. Yes. I got it now. I got it now. But yes, as many, as we know, as many yes. have gotten that wrong, Luke, I am your father. It's, no, I am your father. But hey, I got it. I'm, I'm, I've got that in my mind now. That's a whole, it's a whole thing. There's been YouTube videos about why we do that. So it's all good. Um, and I also had to get pretty good at translating Samantha's Star Wars speak. Um, like gold, I don't think you ever got C-3PO. It was always like gold robot or gold man or gold. Gold dude. Gold, and then there was like baby jet, which was the Y-Wings. It was a baby jet. <laughs> so I had to get good at that. Um I will say for me, asking you to watch Star Wars is like a proposal. It, it's my love language. It's like sharing a piece of my soul. I was really nervous about it, honestly. Um, I was really nervous about doing this, uh, even though I've had the outline for like eight months. Um, it's true. I'm embarrassed by how important it is to me and then angry that I'm embarrassed about it. Yeah, and I don't think you need to be embarrassed at all because, First of all, as a good friend, you shared a part of yourself with me that you love, and I love that. Secondly, you're really good at translating my Star Wars speak. Uh, (laughs) You did better than the partner who watched it with me, and he was also excited that I was finally watching it. And again, you were the one that convinced me to watch it, not him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just as a reminder. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I definitely may have called the smaller jets baby jets. Uh I may have called a few robots baby robots, baby gold man robot, robot man, dick. I can call him a dick a couple of times. I'm like, dude, that guy's a dick. He just keeps (laughs) running away. What's wrong with him? (laughs) Well. But yes, I had to create nicknames, shorthands, in order for me to figure out who was what and why and just, again... Just why? <laughs> uh, to be fair, that may have been more with the holiday special of like what is happening and why. Oh, well, But yeah. yeah, I digress. That is totally fair. I actually like, I saved my text message chain because I only watched that for the first time like a year ago. And I saved my text message chain with my, my friend and I love it. It is so funny because I also have a similar reaction because people can prepare you, but they can't really prepare you. It is that no. bad. It is so bad. Um, but anyway, uh, a brief rundown of my, my experience with Star Wars fandom, because I, I actually don't remember a time having not seen them. Uh, I saw the original trilogy when I was four years old, and I loved them. Even if, even at four, I was like, I don't, I don't buy this Force thing. I don't think that's real. Um, they are super nostalgic for me, even watching them. Now I remember Obi-Wan always, uh, my dad always quoted Obi-Wan and I can't hear Obi-Wan's voice without thinking about my dad um, doing Yoda and Darth Vader voices with my brothers. I fell in love with my first crush, Luke Skywalker. I would pause the frame and kiss his cheek. 
Oh, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there for anyone who may have a connection with Mark Hamill. Her goal, y'all, her her goal (laughs) has been to get a tweet from Mark Hamill or a reaction. So we got to make this happen. We got this. We gotta make this dream come true. I think I might actually. I wouldn't die, but it would be a close call. Like I'm. Oh, I so think you would shy. fall out. <laughs> I think you would fall out for sure. It's really funny because I keep talking about like this scheme, and my scheme is literally like tweet at him. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have this plan where I'm gonna recreate the original trilogy from memory, which I've I've got that down. I think. Um, Wait, didn't you already start doing that? Then you say you started it. I I have been practicing, perhaps. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Feel like I heard that story. Oh yeah, it's 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 a work in progress, and I'm gonna I have costumes and props, and it's gonna be really silly and hopefully fun, and I'm gonna release just chunks of it every day on on Instagram because otherwise it would be ridiculous. But maybe then Mark Hamill will notice me, and my life will be complete. Meaning, and just and just by the way, as she talks about costumes, she's actually wearing. <laughs> I did a this now. I'm in the Rebel uh, X-Wing fight suit, flight suit. Um, And we will have pictures of this for sure. Also, I talked to her an hour before we started recording and she was in another costume (laughs) and she did a wardrobe change before we started. I did it all for you, Samantha. (laughs) And you know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate the commitment and the love. And I know you're going to say it's cosplay, but I think this is just your life. And I enjoy that even more. You know, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but... I have spent more than one night wondering what it means that my first crush was Luke Skywalker and I'm dressing as my first crush. <laughs> I mean, enjoy it. I got to take care of my mental health somehow. It's, I got this whole evolution of Luke Skywalker cosplay. I'm probably just, one of my goals is every week to wear a costume at work. And this is the second time I've done it this week because I was the winter soldier earlier. So, nailing it. Right, and if you didn't see our stories, she did do the podcast with Movie Crush. You should check it out. And she is in full costume mm-hmm. that she put on. It wasn't a flashback. She put on for that specific episode. Yes. I think Chuck thought I might have lost my mind in quarantine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, more about that later. Um, so uh, yeah, I had like all the toys and the books and the games. The uh, We had the original VHSs and they... I couldn't watch the last 30 minutes of any of them because they were overworn. Uh, I think that you would tell us, this is the part that my video stops. I know. <laughs> and it was always like right at the epic climax. Like, ah! Um, so for younger viewers, who viewers, listeners who might not know, um, this was a thing where if you watched a VHS so much, the tape would get worn and you just couldn't watch the rest. Um, and I, oh, I had this board game that I love where you played along with the VHS um, it was like my favorite. Um, and then um, my good friend Katie, who is my neighbor, she and I used to recreate um, Jedi lightsaber battles with the lights off and the music playing. We had a Jedi training course. I created a fictional Star Wars character when I was eight named Tara Polaris. Which, by the way, great name. Thank you. Thank you. And I would go dressed as her on Halloween. And people would be like, oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'd be like, uh-uh, Tara Polaris. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, is she in your uh, fan fiction? Uh, no, she's not my current fan fiction, which, by the way, is 180 page, pages long, you guys. Um, but she, I did write The Adventures of Tara Polaris as an eight-year-old. Um, okay. And unfortunately, I think they've been lost in the great purge of high school where I burned everything that I'd ever written. Oh, no. I know. I would love to read about Terry Polaris. That's such a good name. I feel like that should be a character. Maybe I'll introduce her into my fan fiction. Yes, please. Actually, what I wanted to do, because I was going to read a bit of my, my Star Wars fan fiction, um, but it's all really depressing. I think the angst in it could kill a person. So <laughs> I was thinking that I could put out the offer of listeners sending in uh, prompts and I will try to write something and maybe we can read it. Uh, Is it going to be like a choose your own adventure? No, I mean, the, the, it could be. But in fan fiction, usually like there'll be one-shot prompts like, what if... Uh, twin swap is a big thing in fan fiction. What if Luke and Leia were swapped? What would happen in this scene? So, just putting that out there, everybody. Uh, <laughs> and I I had, like, all the posters and the stars. I had 3,000 of those sticky stars on my ceiling. I probably 
Right now, I'm on a bit of a Star Wars binge, and I think it does have to do with the anxiety around quarantine and pandemic because it started right around then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is something that I find really nostalgic and comforting. So once a week, I watch something Star Wars related. Um, I mean, that's not a bad thing. And I just tweeted actually in my own personal account about how there's a research about during times of trauma, during and people with anxiety will rewatch a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is absolutely me. But I do want to call you out on one thing. Uh-oh. So during our adventures in watching these movies or marathoning these movies, uh, they did turn on the holiday special, which, by the way, apparently the version we had uh, is double. It was way longer time. than the version I have. <laughs> right. So I think you had like 50 minutes and our version was an hour and 45 minutes. Yes. And it was torture. So I was like, look, halfway through I stopped. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'll be back when, we, you know, when you're finished or whatever. <laughs> I leave. I come back and they have restarted from the freaking beginning <laughs> of the trilogies, these movies. And I was like, what is happening? We just watched seven and a half hours of this. What is going on? It's really funny too because when you came in, I didn't realize you were behind us at first and you, you said something like, what are you doing? And I turned around like a child had been caught doing something wrong. I said, she caught us watching them again. <laughs> they was. Everybody was like, Huh? What? <laughs> it was uh, quite embarrassing, yes. It should have been embarrassing, but I was just more in shock of like, are you freaking kidding me, you guys? I don't know if I've, I, as much as I love things, I've never loved something this much. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this for this episode, the level of love I have for it, um, which I'm trying to, going through some of it right now. Uh, one of the last things Samantha and I did before quarantine uh, was we went to Disneyland and we rode the new ride, Rise of the Resistance. And it's a huge ordeal. And I almost cried when I found out we were going to get to ride it. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you because I need to talk about the overall process as well as the level and the drama that ensued. So first of all, we were in LA to do a, a conference. And of course, while we were in LA, must go to Disneyland because while we were in Florida, we went to Disney World. So it only made sense. (laughs) In preparation of going to Florida, of course, Annie had to uh, talk to our expert, Holly Fry, who, by the way, if you're not following her Twitter account, you should because she has daily updates of her love for Star Wars as well, including all the many dresses that she has made and clothing she has made in dedication to Star Wars. It is hardcore and amazing. You've seen her tattoo, right? Awesome. Yes, yes. So all of these things. Um, So she, Annie, decided to get the best strategic way on getting this ride. And and if you don't know about this ride, you can't just get on it. You have to reserve and you have to reserve way in advance or you are not going to ride that ride. And (laughs) not only did we get to the park two hours before it opened. Uh Uh-huh. And very it cold, was cold LA. Yep. It was so cold <laughs> um, that we also walked in before the actual park opened. You get to go into the entrance and just pretty much stand there and wait. You could see a crowd of people, not only us, holding their phones out and in, in, in getting ready for whatever this reservation system was. So as it opens, immediately Annie's like, okay, you got to do this, this, and this. All three of us, because there's three of us, got ready and did the thing. Now... As they did the thing, I know that was very flippant, but it was a whole thing, by the way. Um, you have to download the app, get to this ride, reserve on this ride as a crew, yeah. whatever, whatnot. It's a whole thing. Andy is, is watching, and as we sit there, and f- one of us finally shouts, we got it. Not only does Andy and the entirety of the Disney crowd let out this, woo, <laughs> in the middle of nothing. Like You're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. But Andy turns around away from us. In silence and turns back around and she's like, y'all, oh my God, I can't believe, I just can't believe, oh my God. And I see tears <laughs> in her eyes and I'm going, oh my God, Annie, are you, are you, cry- are you crying? And you were like, no, yeah, yes, it's just so good, it's just going to be so good. And in anticipation of the fact that we were actually going to ride the ride, and I will say, it is a really good ride. It's excellent. My own Donald 
was in it, and I didn't know he was a bad guy in the newer movies. Mm-hmm. I still love him. It's fine. I'm a fan. Uh, but it was a oh oh gosh, I forgot. I also got yelled at by you did get uh, yelled at. one of the stormtrooper dudes because I couldn't figure out how to follow a line. It was quite was funny. <laughs> I'm traumatized by that moment. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like uh, those guys are coming to get me. He blamed you on the, that the rebellion was losing or the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the reaction on your face, the reaction on the crowd in the crowd yeah. was so big. Oh my god. I was actually taken aback. Yeah. It was wild. It was wild. Because it was like total silence for 30 seconds and then it really was. screaming. The shouts, <laughs> yeah. the shouts of celebration was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um and I <laughs> The level I've reached is I now fantasize, like legitimately fantasize about getting to see these movies without knowing the ending of Return of the Jedi. Uh, I, like I've read old speculation articles about how people thought it was going to end. What did it mean? Luke was wearing all black. He's going to turn evil. And I interview my older friends about it. Tell me what it was like. What, what, what did you think was going to happen? And oh, I, I want it so badly. Yeah. And even as a person who never actually watched or cared about these movies previously, I still knew how it ended. So yeah, that's definitely a thing. As iconic as these movies are, it's inevitable. You kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, for for a minute. Just the cultural impact these movies have had, and why it's important that we're talking about it. Um, I did want to throw in there because yes, I was recently on Movie Crush for The Winter Soldier. I'm going to be on there next for The Empire Strikes Back. Um, that I have been annoying Samantha with my new belief that they're in many ways the same movie. <laughs> um, just been texting her like evidence I find. I, d- I recently discovered the Sebastian Stan Mark Hamill viral thing. Which I'm really surprised by because I, even I saw that. I don't know how I missed it. Um, I know. And, and A New Hope... The first one slash the fourth one came out on May 25th, which is the same day the Winter Soldier's true identity as Bucky was revealed in the comics and the day my parents got married. It's a special day. And also Holly, Holly's birthday. Um, yeah, so. super fan, expert. She's not a super fan. She's an, like Star Wars expert. Oh, God, yeah. We were joking that we need to make a chart of like the level of Star Wars fandom. She's the top. Yes. I'm the... You're the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even like I think my partner who also loves it, I was like, no, nah, you don't meet Annie. You're you're, you're a little <laughs> lower than her. And then myself, I was like, I'm at the bottom. And like, well, I can't say I'm at the bottom anymore. I finally watched it, so now I'm a novice. Yes, yes, a novice, a Jedi Padawan, as they say. Which I still don't know what that means. <laughs> That's okay. Do or do not. There is no try. So yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where uh, we are on our levels of fandom. And today I'm so, so, so excited to talk about Leia Organa, a.k.a. Princess Leia. We are mostly going to focus on the original trilogy because um, uh, we talked about Leia in the new trilogy slash the sequels in our Feminism of Star Wars episode, which I think came out two years ago on May the 4th, of course. Uh, but we'll touch on that for sure because there are a lot of interesting things and conversations to be had. And as a kid, I totally loved her, um, which was a big deal because I'm kind of ashamed to admit this, but usually like, I was fine with female characters, but they were never my favorite or I didn't even necessarily like them really. And I think that might be because female characters aren't written as well often. Um, but I loved her, and I thought she was so funny and smart and brave, and I did love her hair. I thought it was awesome. She had good hair. She did. Uh, and I asked my friend Katie, who I've mentioned. She was, like, my Star Wars partner in crime. Um, and I asked her what she could remember of Princess Leia as a kid, and she wrote me back. I thought that she was beautiful. I loved her white dress. I thought she was badass in Return of the Jedi. I loved when she was the bounty hunter. I did think I was too mean for her. I remember liking her voice and how precise she was when she said her words. I hated the needle scene. The needle scene is very scary. Yes. Um, and we have talked before about the importance of costuming in our Feminism of Star Wars episode. And I do think there's something to be said for the fact that most of her costumes are functional, but also feminine. Don't worry. Yes, we're going to talk about the Metal of Bikini. Oh, my God. Um... And I also forgot to mention that in the original ending of Return of the Jedi, Han dies and Luke becomes Darth Vader and orders the destruction of all the rebellion. And listeners, just so you know, she did tell me this during the movie viewing. Oh, God. I only recently found that out and I blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I think there were so many things that you were talking about, including the transition for loose uh, outerwear. Yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. White to gray to um, black. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. So there was a lot of conversation that was had between my partner and Annie, and there are so many things that I'm like, I don't know what is happening, but this nerd out <laughs> is amazing from afar and also annoying. I don't know what to do right now. I'm both impressed and annoyed. We're endearing but annoying. I will take <laughs> it that. It was so endearing. I was like, oh, I love that they have each other to talk about this, but what is happening? <laughs> Well, that's probably how the rest of this episode will go. <laughs> so apologies <laughs> in advance. Uh, I did want to talk about the cultural impact of Star Wars because this is something that's been on my mind since we read Whiskey and Ribbons for our book club. And there were all these Star Wars references in it. And it got me to thinking what it must be like to be a part of something that big where you could just be reading. So I never would have imagined there would be multiple Star Wars references in that book. Um where a character you played or a story you're a part of is just kind of ubiquitous. And so I actually started making a uh, graph, keeping count of all the Star Wars references I encounter every day where I'm not like not expecting to find them or hear them. And it's between 5 and 10. Uh, I'm going to make a chart and I'm going to post it. It's great. So I got to ask, it is 3.30 today. We've been recording since 2. How many references thus far before this? Six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is stunning how many it, it just pops up. And I'm like, oh, hey, there you go. Um, I think it was Deadeye, Deadeye Mind Trick uh, and is the last one I heard today. Um, yeah. So in case you somehow don't know, Star Wars is a science fantasy space opera franchise created by George Lucas of currently... 11 movies, TV shows, books, comics, toys, video games, theme parks, dedicated conventions, radio dramas, music parodies, musical parodies, a la Weird Al, and documentaries. It's been involved in science, politics, pretty much everything that you can imagine, and inspired a massive fan community. The memes, the memes, art, cosplay, fan fiction, Experts have written about Star Wars as an American mythology, inspiring people to create their own thing. It's now owned by Disney and has an estimated net worth of $70 billion and holds the Guinness World Record for most successful film merchandising franchise. When the original trilogy came out, uh, beginning with A New Hope in 1977 and followed by The Empire Strikes Back in 1980 and Return of the Jedi in 1983... It changed Hollywood. It revolutionized special effects. I annoyed Samantha with the paper I wrote in fifth grade all about the special effects of Star Wars and the Nike shoe that they, for some reason, took out of Return of the Jedi. Um, she did mention when it was and where it was. Yeah, I did. I was like, it was back there. <laughs> um, and things like industrial light and magic still around today came out of this and sound effect systems that we still use. And for better or worse, because you will find people that really think this was the end of cinema, the understanding that you could make more form merchandising than the films themselves. It also introduced that idea of toy sets and collectibles. It was the first blockbuster series. It started the whole trend of having summer blockbuster releases. It modeled the trilogy story structure and was the first to contain many genres in one movie. The plot twist Ah, and The Empire Strikes Back is one of the most influential plot twists in history. And A New Hope was the first to surpass the $300 million mark. Adjusted for inflation, it's still one of the highest grossing movies of all time. And it revitalized interest in space-based entertainment, making way for the Star Trek motion picture series and one of my other faves that Samantha was also very patient with me about, Alien, um, among so many other things. Some comic experts say the popularity of the Star Wars comics single-handedly saved Marvel. It goes beyond that, too. Harry Potter was influenced by Star Wars, so many things. Um, they came out during a time when there was all these feelings of hopelessness, and the stories of the time reflected that, the stories that people were watching in movie theaters, but not Star Wars. Right. So, again, by the way, these are all Annie's research things, and I just wanted to be in here for a voice because her love for it, <laughs> I, I, there's no way I could ever match it. So from Fandango.com, in its 40 years of existence as an entertainment property, it has also become a cultural entity unlike any other, a phenomenon that has probably influenced pop culture more than anything else in our time. Contributing editor at Wired, Daniel Nye Griffiths wrote, 
in maybe one of a million universes does George Lucas' combination of narrative structure of a fairy tale with model making and aesthetic of a downbeat, broken, future sci-fi movies of the 70s even get made. In one out of a billion, it turns out to be the most successful independent creative enterprises of all time. I think of that a lot because I know yeah. we all have heard the stories of the actors coming on set and seeing like a walking trash can and thinking, oh, my career is ruined. Um, right. You told us about Harrison Ford trying to leave several times and then coming back. Well, and the, it, it totally influenced the plot of the movies. That's why the Carbonite yeah. scene exists. Um, <laughs> I can see it. Like, it just all of these things had to turn out correctly. And amazingly, they did, or else it could have been a very ridiculous, like, flop. (laughs) Right. And by the way, during the movie, the entirety of the time, while Annie was talking about this is what was happening, this could have been what happened, my partner was like, this is where they put CGI backwards, and they didn't need to do this, and they made this. Yeah. So it was a really interesting context for a person who's never seen it for them to tell tell me how it changed. Yeah, and it's... So we were watching the Disney Plus version, um, and for people in the know, like... Star Wars has been changed so many times, and I actually really, really want to see the original cuts without all the changes so badly, and I think maybe it'll happen for me soon. Um, Very excited. Uh, Former Wired.co UK writer Michael Rundle wrote, I'm fascinated by Star Wars because of what a world without Star Wars would look like. No Star Wars means no Lucasfilms or LucasArts. Would there still be a golden age of video games without Monkey Island, Full Throttle, or Sam and Max? One of the many incredible things about Star Wars is that every time you think you've mapped out every aspect of how different a world without Star Wars would be, you think of something else. Fan or not, Star Wars is a part of you, and you are a part of it. Like the travels of Odysseus, the ravages of our ancient meddlesome gods, the trials of Superman, and the heroic journeys of Mario, you can't avoid it. Right. The original trilogy told the classic tale of good versus evil, a hero's journey following Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa, and Han Solo as they fight the evil empire. They won numerous awards, including Oscars, and regularly rank among the top 10 movies of all time across multiple publications and market surveys. Darth Vader is one of the most memorable villains of all time. I think it also has something to do with James Earl Jones. Oh, absolutely. Uh, For sure. And Luke Skywalker is so iconic that he's often used to teach the hero's journey in school and is used in child psychotherapy to make things understandable between both child and therapist, framing the force as self-healing and the child as Luke and themselves as Obi-Wan, which is a really big assumption. (laughs) It's supposed to be like, one day you won't need me anymore. Um, right, and you'll right. be able to do this with the force on your own. I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, okay, well, we have a lot more to go over. Oh my gosh. But first, oh we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So just a broad overview of some culture things. You've got, when it comes to Star Wars, you've got sayings known worldwide, even if people don't know where they come from, like Jedi mind trick, you're my only hope, may the force be with you. I am your father, evil empire. And then you've got the holidays, may the fourth be with you and revenge of the fifth. Which, by the way, we watched for May the 4th. Yes, we did. (laughs) It was a celebration. (laughs) It was a celebration for some. Um, And in 2001, UK survey, almost 400,000 people wrote in Jedi as their religion, making it the fourth largest religion. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. There's a church of Jediism. And in Texas, there's a registered church of Jediism. Which, by the way, are you a part of that? (laughs) No. I don't know if there's like a test. Just checking, just checking. (laughs) Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then songs. I always think of, for me, Run the Jewels, Skywalker Talk, because I'm the real Darth Vader. I think that's from Banana Clipper. Banana Clip. Um, Wu-Tang Clan, Kanye West, BC Boys, Blink-182, Justin Bieber, the Nerf Herders, which is a band named after the Star Wars insult, and they played the theme song for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So you got all these like musical references too, and the music itself in the movie is amazing and iconic. Um, many view it as one of the best movie scores of all time. I think we try to plot a way to get that Darth Vader slash uh, Death Star <laughs> At my theme funeral. song somehow. That's <laughs> Like, like you know this is going to happen. Someone's going to die soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a member of the John Williams fan club, and I have been since fifth grade. 
That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I know. <laughs> so it obviously also influenced art. Banksy has used Star Wars imagery in his own art. Other movies have replicated Star Wars posters like National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation. And in sports, Major League Baseball gets in on May the 4th celebrations, encouraging costumes and themed giveaways. I've definitely been to those. The Yankees are known as the evil empire during this, and they play the Imperial March at their home games. And as you say that, I can hear the song in my head, even though I've not watched the movie but once. It's catchy. Um, Also, in politics, so the same year Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, Star Wars got wrapped up in Reagan's Strategic Defense Initiative, which was a system of ground and space-based lasers and missiles meant to protect against a nuclear attack. Critics called it Star Wars, which Reagan, of course, leaned into. Reagan also called the USSR the evil empire. And at one point, the U.S. military had an idea to create a first Earth battalion made up of folks who could walk through walls, be invisible, see the future, and kill goats with a look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were called Jedi warriors. I definitely couldn't let go of the fact that every single bad guy had an odd Russian accent. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because I love that Carrie Fisher was able to joke about this herself later, but Leia has kind of a strange English accent in in A New Hope that goes away. Um, And yeah, even a few weeks ago, this happened when Trump's campaign manager compared Trump's campaign to the Death Star, seemingly not realizing that one, the Death Star is bad and it's for the bad guys, and two, it always gets destroyed. (laughs) Um, He got a very uh, big Star Wars schooling from the internet for that. Mm. And uh, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back have been added to the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Right, just their own, like, beginning montage with the writing, the script. Uh Uh-huh. You know what that is. <laughs> um, and science. Star Wars has played a role in actual science. For instance, when Will I Am and correspondents uh, appeared on CNN as holograms, one of the correspondents said, It feels like I follow in the tradition of Princess Leia. Bionic arms like those sported by Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, some of them are named after Luke Skywalker. Uh, a company out of Hong Kong made a pretty spot on lightsaber. The military is working on ATAT like machines, which are the big snow creature things that they knock over with their harpoons. Um, oh, is that what those are? Yeah. I just call them the monster thing. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Samantha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then there's a, a Death Star bug zapper. Right. In the popular Smithsonian 1999 Star Wars exhibit, Star Wars, The Magic of Myth, lives online. And the Millennium Falcon was the inspiration by the name of Elon Musk's Falcon series launch vehicles, which, yes, you could absolutely see that in. Oh, yeah. And several organisms have been named after Star Wars terms and characters. So, okay, it's a big deal, is what we're trying to say. Mostly me and Samantha supporting me. Um, (laughs) It's not without its faults, obviously. There's hardly any people of color. Leia is pretty much the only woman in the originals. And that isn't much better in the prequels. There's sexualization. There's definitely toxic fandom. I think it might be one of the most toxic fandoms. Um, and we've talked about that before specifically now when a lot of mostly men feel that the new ones are made by social justice warriors with a social justice warrior agenda. Um, some cinephiles do feel like it ruined cinema forever because we pivoted away from what in their mind is artistic films to movies that make a lot of money for children. Um, But in a lot of ways, it connected with so, so many of us. And for a lot of girls and women, Princess Leia specifically was a feminist icon. And we'll get into that after a quick break for word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So let's finally arrive. At Princess Leia. And thank you for letting me indulge in my Star Wars fandom and continue. Um, Because just like you can't separate that out, the influence of Star Wars from our culture, you really cannot separate the enormous influence of Princess Leia on our culture and the influence she had on countless other fictional characters, from Ellen Ripley to Hermione Granger to Katniss Everdeen, so many. 
Um, so, general sketch of her, Leia Organa is the princess of the planet Alderaan, a member of the Imperial Senate and the leader of the Rebel Alliance. This is all by the time she's 19, just FYI. According to George Lucas, she also has the Star Wars equivalent of a PhD. Hmm. Uh-huh. Through the series, we learn that she is the twin sister of Luke Skywalker and daughter of Darth Vader. She was raised by Senator Bail Organa and Queen Breha Organa. She goes on in the new trilogy to found the Resistance as a general against the First Order. She was played by Carrie Fisher, and the character has appeared in many books, comics, television shows, games, and she has gone on to become iconic. Uh, the cinnamon bun hairstyle, uh, which George Lucas attributes to a hairstyle of female Mexican revolutionaries, uh, the metal bikini, and has been adopted by many as a feminist icon. She's been parodied, celebrated, and appeared on stamps in the U.S. and the U.K. And she's appeared on all sorts of merchandising and in all sorts of merchandising. After Disney acquired Star Wars, they had to backtrack a statement that there were no plans for Princess Leia merchandise after it caused so much backlash. So much backlash. Um, There's still not as much as there should be. But um, Carrie Fisher allegedly was told she had to lose 10 pounds for the role, which is gross and totally still happens. For the new series, she was reportedly pressured to lose 35 pounds. I've been told something like this more than once, so this is still... Absolutely a thing. Oh, absolutely. Ageism and then, of course, yeah. uh, weight and all of those things. And race. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fisher has spoke openly about how she regrets signing away her likeness, which wasn't really a thing at the time. Uh, she told the Daily Beast, there's no merchandising tied to movies. No one could have known the extent of the franchise. Not that I don't think I'm cute or anything, but when I look in the mirror, I didn't think I was signing away anything of value. Lately, I feel like I'm Minnie Mouse. The identity of Princess Leia so eclipsed any other identity that I've ever had. Yes, I could see that. Um, yeah, that sounds... Like, she lost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. She she even said, like, she's kind of very, I don't know if good-natured, but, you know, she's got her classic funny view on it. But she said yeah. she said if she found out that Natalie Portman was making merchandising, she'd be really mad <laughs> for Queen Amidala. <laughs> um, Leia's part diplomat, spy, soldier, leader. She's passionate. She's caring, brash, loud, strong, defiant, assertive, angry, snarky, not afraid to speak her mind and fight for what's right. She first appeared as, yeah, a 19-year-old in A New Hope in a virginal floor-length dress that's absent of cleavage. Although, Fisher recounted George Lucas telling her not to wear a bra with it because, quote, there is no underwear in space because your body expands, but your bra does not, and it would strangle you. So Fisher used to joke she wanted it reported that however she died, uh, it should be reported, I drowned in moonlight strangled by my own bra. Um, And that was a very popular tweet after she did die. Mm. Um, It's immediately established that Princess Leia is not going to shy away from a blaster. And later we find out that her actions at the beginning of the movie saved the entire rebellion, This the only force that was opposing the Empire. She is captured by the intimidating Darth Vader, but stands up to him and withstands his torture, doesn't reveal anything. So she is damseled, but she's still fighting and she's still making these snarky comments. And when she is rescued, uh, she pretty quickly takes charge. She literally takes the blaster from Luke's hands and comes up with a plan to get them out, jumping into a smelly, disgusting garbage disposal, which is hardly a traditional princess decision. She also immediately sees through Luke and the stormtrooper getup when he says, he's here to rescue you. Uh, She's like, nah, Uh, (laughs) is very unimpressed with him and their poorly thought out escape plan. And I do love thinking about, like, Luke, whose brain is full of adventures, envisions himself as the hero coming to save the beautiful princess. He says he's here to rescue her, and she's like, excuse me, you're who now? (laughs) Kind of immediately shutting him down. Um, And I also love that her leadership in general isn't questioned as a woman. Like, it's never like, oh, we shouldn't listen to her because she's a woman. It's more Han being like, I don't listen to anybody. Um, right. I do like the back and forth with Han and the Han being like, what, what's happening? What's, <laughs> who are you? What's happening? Yes. <laughs> so before that happens, her planet is destroyed by the Death Star to make a statement. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. they blew up a planet. What just happened? Um, and in an instant, she loses her family, her friends, her stuff, her home. And this could have destroyed her, but it didn't. 
Alyssa Rosenberg at the Washington Post wrote about her, Leia's nerves as a revolutionary are clear from the moment she arrives on the screen. She takes shots at the stormtroopers boarding her ship, gets stunned with a blaster in her hand, then has the audacity to try to make Darth Vader feel ashamed of himself. She has enough energy left over after a nasty session of torture to insult Grand Moff Tarkin. And while she grieves when her home planet Alderaan is destroyed by the Death Star, Leia's not paralyzed. When her unexpected rescuers show up, she's ready to go and to gripe about their operation sloppiness. And then she went on to write, Leia wasn't just the first great heroine of science fiction and fantasy to capture my imagination. She was one of the first characters I encountered whose power came from her political conviction and acumen. So when Han, Chewie, and Luke do arrive to rescue her, she pretty much instantly asserts her authority. And she, um, this leads to conflict between her and Han Solo, who isn't used to having someone tell him what to do. He calls her sweetheart, but Leia is totally impervious to his attempts to take control. She also proves she's got more savvy and less bravado than Han after they escape. And she surmises they're being tracked by the Empire, who let them go. And Han's like, no, not this ship, never. Because he's too cocky to admit it. Um, she's right. He's wrong. Uh, despite the tragedy she's gone through, she assumes leadership in the rebellion. And also, look, Luke is my crush. I know he's had a rough time. Uh, Leia comforts him after Obi-Wan dies, but Leia just lost her whole planet. <laughs> and she knew Obi-Wan too, by the way. Uh, and we never get to see her grieve. And okay, I know people like to fight about this because I said it on another show and man, um, <laughs> that she grieved off screen and Luke did lose his guardians, which was very sad and traumatic. I agree. But the, but it was also very quickly passed by. I remember yeah. like, wait, that was it? <laughs> yeah. He kind of just is like, well, I'm leaving now. Um, and I don't judge people for how they grieve. That's totally cool. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, you know, we don't get to see her grieve because uh, I guess it's not technically her story. It's explored some of the, in the extended universe, legends. Um, right. I will say, throughout the movie, she takes everything with like, okay, what? And yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Let me keep going. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, very much like, that seems like she should be a pause of some sort. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Well, now, we'll talk about that more in part two because a lot of people gripe about the Return of the Jedi reveal. Um, I see her as someone who takes things in stride. Right. But anyway, uh, also of the characters, Leia perhaps has the least of an arc. And a part of that is she is the most sure of in herself and her calling when we're introduced to her. Her biggest thing is learning to accept that she has needs and wants on a personal level and embracing those things. Han and Luke have a lot of growing up to do. And Leia is instrumental in that for both of them, even at the heart of it. She influences Luke and Han to become a part of the rebellion. She's already a hero when we meet her. Um, and she influences them to become heroes too. She does often serve as a support to Luke's story and to Han's story. And in the first two is the potential romantic interest for both of them. Um, she's more developed and interesting a character than perhaps her traditional love interest, but there is still an element of that. All right. So, New Hope ends, big explosion, Death Star, happy, here are your medals. Then we move on to The Empire Strikes Back, in which Leia is a prominent leader of the Rebellion who stays behind to the very last second to make sure everyone is safely evacuated off of the snow planet Hoth. Uh, we see her relationship with Han, and in today's context, it's a little cringy. Um, just because he's so pushy and doesn't take no for an answer, uh, I definitely want to return to the whole nice men scoundrel trope that plays out here. And it is kind of funny that she's trying to manage all of all of this stuff, all of this evacuation, and Han is just trying to get her to admit that she cares about him. And I know the stakes are high because he's basically trying to get her to admit he wants him to stay or he's going to leave. But anyway, uh, there's a <laughs> definite unthaw the ice queen vibe too. And Lando is pretty flirty with her, uh, although Lando is the type who flirts with everyone. My friend and I have an ongoing argument about whether or not he had sex with the Millennium Falcon. Weigh in on that if you would like. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the first thing she saw it said when he arrived. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. But what? <laughs> we had like an hour plus long argument about it. Uh, <laughs> and Lando's also trying to make sure they don't get wind that Vader's there. So he's trying to endear himself to them. But 
we do see another instance of a woman sensing that something is wrong and being dismissed when Leia voices her concerns about Lando's trustworthiness. Um, Han, Leia, and Chewie are captured and tortured by Darth Vader, though you only really see Han's torture, and I guess Chewbacca with the loud sound thing. Wait, isn't that gold dude? Oh. Gold, little gold man? Gold man dude. gets blasted apart, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, what is, what, did no one notice that? Chewbacca <laughs> did. Uh, he did, he did. He came back. And Leia, Leia did too. Han was the one that was like, ah. <laughs> um, uh, and then we have the famous I love you, I know exchange. So there are so many ways to interpret this, but one is that in the face of Han's death, she admits something she knew she'd made him doubt that she loves him. And he acknowledges his understanding of her fear of intimacy and accepts it. As a kid, I always saw it as Han Solo's too afraid to say it in front of all these soldiers and Darth Vader. But, you know, multiple ways to interpret those, those lines. Some people take issue with the fact that Han asked Chewie to take care of her when clearly she can do it herself, while others see those words as meant to comfort Chewie, to give him something to do, to calm him down. Um, When Lando frees them, Leia takes charge of the ultimately failed attempt to save Han and does save Luke after sensing his call for help. And we do get to see her uh, pilot the Millennium Falcon, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm not gonna lie; I was very confused about what was happening, and you made sure to let me know that this is where Harrison Ford said I'm not coming back. Yeah, so they had to have a possibility of just ending him mm-hmm. or allowing him to come back. So, well, the only reason he came back to Return of the Jedi was he was supposed to be killed off, and then they didn't do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna end it here with the end of part one. Yes. Our heroes, your heroes, the <laughs> heroes, how about that, are battered and separated. And in part two, yes, y'all, after an hour of this lengthy discussion, there is a part two. Yes. And it's about the return of the Jedi and the infamous metal bikini, which is the one scene that I know, and the feminism of Princess Leia and of the Force in general. Yes. So we'll leave you on a cliffhanger just like those lucky viewers that got to see Empire Strikes Back and didn't know what happened in Return of the Jedi. Um, So look out for that episode. In the meantime, if you want to email us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.